to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello, welcome to episode 258 of the Chris and Sam podcast. My name's Sam. I'm Chris. And I'm trying not to touch the desk so I don't bump mics. <laughs> what's been happening, Chris? You've got me addicted to lifetime deals is what's happening. You like, uh, you, you're going I, to ruin my bank account. You're uh... So for people <laughs> out there that don't know, lifetime deals is this thing and people do get addicted to it and they do spend a lot of money. And it's basically software online or also known as software as a service. And there's a lot of companies when they first start out, they want to build an audience base and they want to get feedback on their product. So they will say, hey, you pay us 100 or 150 bucks or 300, 400, whatever. You pay it once and you can use our product for life as long as that company exists. And there's a few companies that fold and crash and burn after a couple of years. And there's a lot of people doing this, so you got to do your research. But sometimes there's some really sweet deals out there. So, so, so some of the ones I'm looking at, because Black Friday is upon us, and um, uh, probably well, at the time of this, it's gone, isn't it? By the time we published, uh, yeah, uh, yes, yeah. But anyway, I think so. um, yeah, Cyber so, Monday though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, basically, there's a, a lot of deals for that, and some of these things, you know, you're paying a hundred, two hundred dollars US a, a year in subscriptions. Um, but they'll they'll sell it for two hundred and fifty for life. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, okay, because I'm already paying subscription to Zoom. I could get a um, big marker, which is a, a conferencing thing for life. That sounds good. And and I mean, some of these that big marker thing, for an example, are pumping out um, heaps of features. Like yeah. he released a whole bunch yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, um, yes. Chris is uh, balancing his budget like a madman. I'm not balancing it at all. I'm burning it up. <laughs> it's all good. What could go wrong? I've got a link here for cyber cyberathlons. Is it is it supposed to be spelt the way you've written it? Uh, I don't on. know. No, it's not. C Y B A T H L O N. And I've got a little video. It's um, they get people to trial, I guess you call it. Um, robot hands? Robot hands and legs and wheelchairs and all these different things. And, whoops, sorry. Now oh, wow. I'm bumping the thing. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Some of those hands look creepy as. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, and like, so a guy with a leg and he's got an obstacle course and they've got wheelchairs going through so different obstacle courses. So is this a yearly thing? Or is yeah, it a- it's an annual thing. And I didn't know it was a thing. And I thought, well, that's really cool. So... I've got a link to this um, video. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, so but, if you're an amputee, do yeah. you, can you sign up and go to this thing? Or yeah, how does they, it work? They get um, medals and stuff, but it's really about the engineers getting their sh- stuff out there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And, um, some of and they do this really event. Cool. Oh, so I like this one. With with a hand, they've got... Oh, what has he done? They've got different shape material. We'll come back to it in a sec. Different ma- shape materials on one table. Oh. Like this... Like, yeah, they're picking up um, a ball, and then it's got to be a triangle, yeah. and then it's got yeah. to be you know like it's it's really clever. Man, that's it crazy really cool. as. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, so I saw that just randomly. And I went, wow, that's cool. Mention it. Very good. Hey, last week we talked about Rod Stewart's uh, train thing that he's built. Yes, and it reminded me of a story, and I thought I'd tell you about it. Uh, when I was a kid, I had a friend. This is primary school age. His name was Rocky. Lived around the road. Used to go around there all the time. And one day he's like, oh, let's go to. I think the guy's name was Keith. And he goes, let's go around the Keith's place. And I was like, oh, okay. So we went around to this random- How old were you? Sorry. 
uh, primary school age, so yeah, yeah. 10. Okay. Yeah, 10. So, went round to this random dude's house, never seen before. Old dude in this semi-shack-type house. Doesn't sound dodgy at all. Not at all. Uh, I think at the time I was like, this could be a bit weird, but... um. But in it, he had a giant railway system set up on a table and it was going all over the place and it was quite a high table. But underneath the table was, I'm not even exaggerating, there was probably 10,000 wires going everywhere. It was like really, and what he was doing was it was fully automated and he'd programmed this giant computer sitting in the corner. This is back in the early 90s. And... I don't know what it was programmed with or how it worked, but it was controlling the whole thing. And it was simulating an actual huge railway system. But I just remember when we talked about it after we finished recording last week, this mental image of just this rack thing. With- so he didn't have so much the the models, the trees and all that. Not really. It Not was really. More it was about more, the technical. Yeah, and he yeah. was like, oh, yeah, I programmed this. And I think that's all he was doing all day long, every day, maybe. Um, <laughs> good old Keith. Yeah, good old Keith with this random self-programmed thing. Uh, people have weird ho- hobbies, so um, do they? TVNZ- Don't you say giant pumpkin growing because that's. <laughs> <laughs> but every now and then, I come. You're right, but I come across like I'm, I try and be really open minded because I do grow giant pumpkins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sam's like, I'm not going to hit the microphone today, and I've already smacked mine twice. Like, and I don't usually have any problem with it. I try and keep open minded for things, and I'm like. Like, everyone's into their thing. Do you know what one thing that I just can't get my head around out of all the things? Bloody chicken shows. What? Chicken show. You know how they have cat and dog shows? Yeah. Well, they have chicken shows. And there's one in the South Island that's been going for 150 years. And this guy got given a chicken like three years ago. Then he went full retard for some reason. He's got 400 of them now. His name's Gareth. (laughs) I'm waiting for... No, he's not, but I'm waiting on that. And for whatever reason, he couldn't enter his chickens. And the story was he thought it'd be funny and he just put a KFC box in the cage. Um, And this whole story from a couple of weeks ago, and it's just this thing that sticks in my head. It's just chickens. I'm just like, can't see it. But everybody has a hobby. What's this guy up to? Wellington Man makes musical masterpiece from the car horns in the city's Victoria Tunnel. So I used to walk through Victoria Tunnel, and everybody that goes through Victoria Tunnel goes doo 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 doo, and I'm pretty sure it was like told made illegal at some point, and you know people frown on it. I do it when I'm down there driving. It's it's really annoying when you're um, walking through. I bet, I bet, because <laughs> um, you're trying not to breathe as well, which doesn't help. Yeah, it's crazy, eh? Because yeah. I'm just yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. Um, Actually, anyway. that, that reminds me of a story that I will tell you off here later. Okay. Looking forward to that one. Um, so hang on, but is that guy recording the sounds and then re-imaging yeah, it? Or? I, yeah, I've got a link to the story. I, I wasn't going to go into it because I was like, nah. Oh, no, but no. It's I'm, interesting. I'm, I'm that assuming that's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he's modulating it and creating yeah. music out of it. And I'm like, mm, okay, something good's coming from this nuisance. Um, <laughs> well, is it? Like, I'm not going to go, hey, you know what I want for Christmas? I want that car horn CD that that guy made in Wellington. 
Because that's so soothing. When I'm on a I long bet drive, you it's Christmas music. It would be just the most annoying thing ever. It would be jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. <laughs> Audio sample that dude. <laughs> Oh, nice. Um, I've got another Russian cat story. <laughs> you remember we were talking about the, the cats, smuggling the, one? The smuggling one. What are so they doing this now? Is, this is different. Oh, and I, and, my, and I was like, what is it with Russians and cats? So Victor the cat cost his owner his air points and all frequent flyer privileges. Did it sneak so was it in a bag or something? The, he went to the airport and he was told the cat was too heavy to fly in the cabin. So he borrowed a hang similar. On, hang on. So so in <laughs> Aeroflot lets you take pets in the cabin. I've got a cat story. Sense. I've got a cat story from this. <laughs> yeah, carry on. Okay. Um, so the they're owner in a carrier, bo- though. Eh? Owner borrowed. I, I assume so. Okay, yes. Just- the owner borrowed a similar but slimmer cat to pass the inspection. And then what? Swapped it out for his fat cat. And then Where swapped you it out for his another fat cat. From? I don't Bring know. your cat. You know that cat that looks I like my cat. Bring it to the airport at I six a.m. Okay, so okay, comrade. I know. My boggles because all that was going through my head. I'm like, what? How? When? Anyway, so but what he did was he um, he took a photo of his fat cat um, with a glass of champagne on in the. Oh no! Did he get busted because he shared it on Facebook? Yeah, and got busted by Aeroflot. They said rules are rules, and uh, we've uh, revoked all his air frequent flyer points and his air points and all that. You know, and he's upset as anything, but, um, you know, his own fault. I mean, is Air New Zealand going to let us fly with things like that? They, Because um, apparently if if he couldn't have it in the cabinet, it had to go below deck. Yeah. You know, it was heavy. It was going to go below deck. How, hang on. This doesn't make any sense, does it? How heavy is this cat? Like, I'm thinking of my mum and dad. They've got this giant fat cat, and I think it weighs. It's got to be a safety thing for being in the cabin, right? That's all it is. It's not about if it's too heavy for the plane. It's just too heavy to be swinging around in the cabin. If any but it must happens. be in a crate. Yeah, it must be in a, a uh, carrier or something. I uh, I had a flatmate in Tauranga once, and I think we were taking her cat to the vet or something, and it got out of the carrier cage somehow in the back of my car, decided to then try and jump on me while I'm driving, and then started urinating everywhere. So I'm driving down the road, holding this cat, which is pissing all over the place. <laughs> trying not to get it in my face. And I'm trying to pull over and do all this at the same time. I know that story very, very well. Or that I was a kid. We were taking grandma's cat to the cattery because we were going away for holidays or something. And the cat hadn't been in a car, and it had one of those cardboard um, <laughs> carriers, and it oh, yeah, just ripped its yeah, way out that's of what that. This one was. And it's just racing, lapping the car, just wow, wow, wow. And dad's freaking out, and we were somewhere like on a motorway or something, and couldn't pull over. I was like, geez. Anyway, dad gets home. I shouldn't tell you this, but I will. Um, steals a shopping trolley. <laughs> it, okay, as you do. <laughs> yeah. Cuts it up, welds it together. He makes his own cat cage out of a whale trolley, <laughs> shopping trolley. That cat's not freaking getting out of this. I just love. I love his mental process of like <laughs> this. This cardboard box is not good enough for this cat. I'm assuming this cat's super strong. Maybe I'm going to make my own cat carrying cage. I wonder what I could use. 
that shopping trolley's looking good. <laughs> How much work is it to cut up a shopping cart? Like, literally cutting one up would take a little bit. And then he's like, I've got to re-weld that. Yeah, because I, so I mean, he, 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 still- he cut it with a acetylene. He... he yeah, yeah he, he had all that gear, so it wasn't that big a deal for so him. So somewhere, I'm assuming, I'm somewhere still exists <laughs> the world's strongest cat cage. Pretty much. And someone's and, and like... we had it for years and years, so, you know. You, uh, I, I don't know whatever happened to it. Someone's got it somewhere, and they'll just be like, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because back then you couldn't buy the, the cat things you get now. You're right, actually, because my mum... Back in the day when we were kids was an SPCA foster home. Yeah. And the random story is my brother-in-law's parents randomly got a cat from my mum way back in the day before any of us all knew each other. Yeah. But I remember all these cats and dogs and cats and cardboard things. And All right. Uh... Did you hear about the guy in Geraldine with this kebab shop? No. So he, this dude... Uh, I actually, I want to just check his name because I'm, I'm hoping he's got an epic name. Does he have an epic name? Please have an epic name. Um, while the Kebab World Shop, located on Geraldine's Main Street, decided to have their own Lego, uh, logo, Ricky Daliwal is the dude. He um, basically just got a McDonald's logo and turned it upside down. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm just looking at a picture now, and literally it's a McDonald's logo upside down. It's the yellow arches upside down, and it says Kebab World instead of McDonald's, and he's been told to take it down within a week, or they'll start legal proceedings against them. And it's pretty blatantly blatant what it is. It's still the yellow. He didn't like paint it a different colour. If he painted it blue, he might have got away with it. I think he's actually stolen a proper (laughs) sign. Well, that's got to be a McDonald's thing that he's stolen. But the the name underneath is is a red sign, white on red, just like the McDonald's. So it's like, that's hilarious. He's got a week to uh, destroy it, take it down. (laughs) No, I hadn't heard about that. I did hear about a Yorkshire chippy, Yorkshire. So fish and chips is obviously a big thing in Britain. After Xi Jinping uh, visited the UK, uh, I forget when this was, a year or two ago, I think, had a real British dinner of fish and chips followed by a pint at the pub. Yep, right. as you do. Yep. Um, it was widely reported in Chinese media. And Hang fish- on. It was reported that he had something to eat. Yeah, well, no, because he did, you know, Chinese TV, it's a national TV state. Oh. They took photos of him in a fish and chip shop eating fish and chips and going to a pint, pub and having a pint. It was a big thing in, in, I'm in, just finding in China. It, I'm When, though? Like, recently? Uh, yeah, I think it was a year or two ago. No, I that's think. what I'm finding weird. Like, if it was 20 years ago, I don't know. No, it's just okay. a year ago. Okay, year I just find ago. that bit weird. So, um... So a fish and chip shop in Yorkshire started putting its menu in Mandarin. What, okay, clever, yeah, whatever. Which soon attracted buses of Chinese tourists. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great idea, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and as an aside, people here in New Zealand should have, if they have any interest in getting Asian, uh, particularly Chinese um, tourists, they should absolutely add Alipay to their payment. Yes, because uh, yeah. it'll just do the same thing. But anyway, one of the visitors in one of these buses one day approached the owner and said, how do you like the idea of opening a ch- ch- fish and chip shop in China? We'll go partners. And he goes, all right. 
So they've got a fish and chip shop in China, and it's doing gangbusters. You see, the only thing is that eight-ounce fish is what they have. Is that quite big? I don't know. He goes, it's way too big for the Chinese. They're sharing it. They get one piece of fish and share it. (laughs) What was the story? I'm vaguely can't remember it but on the business is boring podcast what was the kiwi version of that and they went over and they set up like a market and they're only there for a little bit very similar <sighs> and they were doing something that is common here but they were doing it in asia that's what it reminds me of i just can't think what it was i can't remember what it was either because it wasn't what they ended up doing is it they no, doing something else it was just one of the things they but it was the pr- they did really well but they were they went over there as like a pop-up Could, was it burgers I don't know. Anyway, uh, check that out. Yeah. <laughs> business Boring Podcast. But man. Yeah, no, Business Boring Podcast but is very a- uh, good. It's not as well um, uh, edited as Sam edits ours, I will say, but it's, it's oh, good. Oh, yeah, there's some questionable bits that they leave in. <laughs> oh, we can edit that bit out. They uh, say no, they we don't. can edit it out, and then they don't, and, it, and, and they've only done it a couple of times, but man, it annoys me. <laughs> But yeah. uh, yes, very good because there are. I think there's lots of business opportunities in in Asia and things like that. Yeah, um, sugar, space sugar. What did you? I don't know what that is. Do it, I need some? Should I get some? NASA has found sugar in meteorites that have crashed to Earth. What? Nah, yeah. hang on. Is it real sugar or is it no? Yeah, here no, because I had to read it. Yeah, and I'm like, what? It's a oh my god! Headlines. Yeah, well, it, it is a sugar. It's ribose, which is okay. RNA. So RNA, you've got DNA yeah. and RNA, and DNA is the simpler of the things. Yes. And they always thought that DNA was first because RNA is way more complex than DNA. Oh, okay. But they found meteorites um, that have landed in, on Earth. They found RNA in them, and these meteorites are billions of years old. Yeah. So they think, holy crap, it's actually these that um, have possibly sparked life. Oh, okay. Because it's uh, the DNA's come out of the RNA. It's a simpler thing, and it's created oh. the, the life that we've got. So it, it's, an, it's an interesting study. I was I was pretty pretty keen on that. So anyway, big shout out to Jeremy Hausen, number one podcast fan. Yes. He messaged us. Yes, well, he messaged me, I think. And um, Yeah, because I didn't say anything. No, it was, it was to me. So he said, I think you talked about this on the podcast, but I'm not sure. And then I couldn't remember either. I know I've spoken to you about it off here, but basically it was about the happy cow guy with his mobile milking platform um, in New Zealand. And he was going to make sure that the calves aren't ripped away from the mother straight away and yes. things like that. Was that on the Business Boring podcast yes, as well? Yes, it was. And the guy ran into some trouble and yeah. sort of stopped and didn't know what he was doing. Well, they did a pledge me, I think it was, the other day, and they raised $400,000 in one day wow. to buy shares into the company. Yeah, so it's an equity fundraiser. Equity thing. fundraiser. They wanted $300,000 and they, it kept out at 400000 And I was like, that's really cool. And thanks, Jeremy, for uh, sharing that with us. But I was like, I wonder if they should have asked for a bit more or I don't yeah. know. No, it's good. I, I think you're better off maxing out yeah, and totally. then doing another one in another yeah, year true. or two, right? They had a lot of really cool infographics of how they were doing stuff. And it was like the farmer's getting a dollar twenty per um, kilo or per litre, whatever it is. And then this, this and this. And then the consumer will pay this. And they had a matrix, which I thought was really good. And it was like expensive, cheap 
plastic and recyclable products. And that was sort of the only one that was just a little bit more expensive, but glass. Yeah, like, so they, yeah, because I was going to say that's their thing, eh? They're doing that glasses, was their thing, glass uh, bottles and stuff. So I think there's going to be a big. Hopefully, there's going to be a big shift, like with those guys, and then that people that we talked about in the other podcast that had the milk kegs, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. On on the uh, glass thing, that's a good segue into this. So, well, it's sort of a good segue because it's not. Anyway, I'll, I'll explain this in a second. So good, good. I'm glad. Lithium and iron battery. So I saw this. Um, Callum, Callum Stewart uh, shared this on Facebook, and I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting. Shout out to Callum. Yeah, I don't think he listens to the podcast. He does now. <laughs> we'll tag him in. We'll this. tag him in. Um, so Welcome. Taupo Company successfully extracts lithium from geothermal fluid. So Taupo Company has made a breakthrough in extracting near-battery-grade lithium from geothermal fluid, which is says could be a game-changer. Wow. Uh, lithium is selling for US $10,000 a tonne. Right. Oh, okay. Um, the technology obviously underpins current electric, electric vehicles. Um, so Geo40 is the name of the company. They were founded in 2010 to find ways to extract valuable minions, uh, minerals from um, geothermal fluid. And there's a thing called uh, geothermal brines, which blocks up the pipes. Okay. And that was the first thing they were they wanted to remove that. And then basically oh, they were right. like, oh, out of these brines there's all this mineral stuff let's yeah see if we can pay oh, for it that's real right. interesting yeah yeah so um they they've been extracting the silica from the the brine for some time but they've leapt forward into lithium extraction and they did say i've got it written down here so they, they received a 15 million dollar grant from government's provincial uh growth fund blah 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 where does it say i think it said they would expect to be getting oh i think it was um 5,000 tonnes. Oh, there it is. 5,000 tonnes <coughs> of silica a year. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought it was 5,000 tonnes of lithium. I was going no, to silica, No, silica would be very heavy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because you see that when you go and um, uh, Hell's Gate Rotorua is what it reminds me of because they've got like pools. I think one of them has got, just got like silica in it. Mm. So anyway, the, the segue was that reminded me of a video I'd seen this week have you ever heard of john b good enough uh i don't think so so yeah um you've got to watch this video i've got a link uh in in our notes here but uh, it's really long it's like a 20 minute video it's really good though um he was responsible for the breakthrough that made lithium-ion batteries possible Oh, okay. So he's and he did that when he was, I think, fifty-six years old, and he signed all the royalty rights away to the uh, Atomic Energy, the UK's Atomic Energy Research Division, whatever, division, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, okay. Um, and um, so, he, and, and they licensed it to Samsung, who made the batteries, and they made loads of money out of it, and he didn't. But usual story. He didn't mind because he already had a bit of a breakthrough earlier. He was part of the team that invented RAM. Oh, okay. So this guy's won Nobel Prize. He's won virtually Nobel Prize for chemistry. He's won virtually every prize you can get in science. He's now 96 years old or something. Oh, okay. And so him and his protege, because he's still working as a scientist, they've come up with uh, this. um, So a, a battery works with an anode and a cathode and a fluid between them. Um, 
that um, oh, there's an electrolyte between them. It allows the, the yeah. electrons to flow between them. Okay. And the problem with batteries is that when this keeps happening, it, they create little crystals they call dendrites on the anode and cathode, and that is what makes them less and less effective over time. Yeah. And if those dendrites touch. Um, touch, they burst into flames, which we've heard of in, various, in the past. In the yeah. past, yeah, right. So anyway, so that, that's the biggest issue. They're always trying to see how closely they can get these things to get the maximum battery storage yeah. without risking the dendrites touching and all the rest of it. So they've come up with this glass, this Maria, um, I've forgotten her name, um, that he's working with, has come up with this effectively solid glass, but it allows that stuff to move. Oh, wow. No dendrites. So they're making solid-state batteries. Awesome. Which are lighter, doesn't need lithium. You know what it uses to make it? Uh, Sodium, which you can extract from the sea. What? So it's going to be so much cheaper. The lab result so far is two and a half times the the uh, lifespan, two to five times the amount of charge it can keep in it. Did it um, think? Did it mention of any time frame for being commercially viable? Because he, he reckons. Oh god! Because we hear it down. We hear but about, he reckons it's twenty twenty five twenty thirty. Oh. Yeah, he said okay. between 2025, 2030, I think. I can't remember now, but he said it was about that. Because he said lab results don't mean anything in the real world. No. And no, he said, no. and a lot of people are very dubious about this, but he goes, this is John B. Good enough. The guy's a legend. And, you know, um, he wouldn't Because every year him. they seem to have another breakthrough in the lab for battery technology. Yeah, yeah. But it never equates to anything. Yeah, and but uh, you've got to say that, there's so much more focus there because of current climate issues and, and all oh, the yeah, rest of yeah. it that they will be trying lots and lots of oh, things. Totally. And yeah, you, looking forward to you know not charging my phone for a month. Oh, that, exactly. That's exactly That's what all this we sort want. It's all we want. Yeah. Um, so um, one more thing before we go. Oh, actually, two if you we got time. We'll see how we go. So um, the village of idiots gets a name change. Where's up. that at? It sounds, it's in Nigeria. Oh, I thought you were going to say Wales. <laughs> no. <laughs> what have you got against Welsh people? Nothing. I just <laughs> I just thought it would be one of those weird translations with their giant names and it would be like no. a bunch of idiots. <laughs> so hang on. So the Nigerian scammers are up to what? No. Um, so at some point in the history, the of river what, was called- this river was called the Idiotic River, and nobody knows why. Nobody can say why. Or the okay, lost in figure. time. And so the village was um, built on the um, bank. bank of the river, yeah. and basically it became known as Village of Idiots because it's on the Idiotic River. Oh, and, okay. And um, it's been a, a blight for the poor people born there because they're like, one guy's like, oh, I, I, I put off meeting my parents-in-law uh, because I couldn't tell them where I'm from because what? of the ridicule. <laughs> no. Just make it up. Yeah, no, you just, it just blows my mind. So anyway, so the- um, They've changed the, the name. Yeah, the, what do you call it? The- Governing body? No. No, no, it's like the local- What? Was it? Emir. The local emir. Okay, and probably a wizard yeah, is probably. another word for it. Has, oh. um, has 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 changed the name of it to the village of plenty. Oh, so, okay. Cool, uh, cool. So they're all like, we're not idiots anymore, and we would say, no, you are, because you had to keep calling it idiots. Like, what are you? Like, oh my 
cool. Yeah, you think they saw that earlier on. <laughs> we only waited 30 years till somebody else changed the name for us. So I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, interesting. Um, uh, and I, I haven't got notes on this one, but I thought it was interesting. I heard this today on the Global News Podcast. Dreams, they were doing studies into dreams, um, particularly uh, – Scary dreams, you know, wake up with sweat, heart beating, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and they did MRIs and, and research while they were asleep, and they did them when they were awake, and then they do things when they're awake. And they found that people who have bad dreams, yes, when confronted with um, stressful stuff after them, have they react better, less of a reaction. Okay. And they actually posit that the dreams are a preparation or training for handling things in real uh, life. So I wonder if you have more bad dreams when you know something stressful is coming up. Yeah. And it's like yeah. prepping you f- to handle it. Uh, yeah, so interesting. It, it was a surprise because that's not what they expected. They expected bad dreams to make you worse. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I had a bad dream and woke up like that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So anyway. There we go. A whole wide range of stuff. Make sure to check out the show notes, the Chris and Sam podcast. Yeah, definitely check out that video on John Be Good Enough if you've got time because the guy is hilarious too that, 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 that does the video. So Okay, go check that out. If you're feeling generous, Christmas, you want to help us out, dollar a month, check out our Patreon page. Link is on the front page of our website. Um, we really appreciate that. We it- do. It helps us with the hosting cost uh, of the audio and bits and pieces. Yes, um, we're not we're not drawing a million dollar salary from yes. this yet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're still paying the hosting ourselves. <laughs> anyway, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.